Hey guys, just a quick heads up that this is the interview taken from the full The Gym Session podcast. So if you'd like to listen to the complete episode, you can find it on the Footy Live app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Buzzsprout. If you're enjoying the content, don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, and share. If you're not, try to do it anyway so I can keep my job. Uh, that's all from me. Enjoy the interview and do all that stuff I said before so I can get my job. Okay, today's guest needs no introduction really, but we'll give him one anyway. As one of the most important figures in the footy landscape, this man sets the agenda, breaks news and graces our TV sets on almost a nightly basis. His passion for the game, love of writing and determination to succeed has led him to secure the most prestigious role in sports writing in Melbourne as the chief football writer of Australia's largest selling newspaper. This man not only delivers us engaging content through the Herald Sun, he entertains us through his authentic opinions on radio and intriguing interviews on AFL. 360. He once told me a few years back, you've got to believe in what you're writing and have the balls to put yourself out there. Well, today, I truly believe it when I write. It is a great pleasure and feeling of pure excitement to introduce Mr. Mark Robinson to the gym session. Robbo, how are you, mate? Yeah, hello, Jim. That was a very nice introduction, Sal. You've come a long way since you did a, um, a school... What was it, an assignment or thesis? Yeah. What were you doing when I... Um, when you interviewed me last, it was a journalism assignment. That's right. I think it was it was like six years ago now. I think, um, or seven six years, years ago. ago. Yeah. How's your life gone since then? It's gone well, mate. I've uh, I've got a job in uh, doing a bit of sports writing and um, covering footy, writing about footy, doing podcasts. I absolutely love it, mate. So it's been good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, bold opinions. Put your names to them. Be yep. strong and believe what you do. And believe what you're saying. Thanks, mate. I try to. I try to. And that advice you gave me um, really sunk in, and that's that's what I try and do, mate. I enjoy watching you every night, as as do a lot of people. I thank you a lot for joining me today because I know you're a busy man. Uh, what does an average Tuesday look like for you? Average Tuesday for me. Um, well, you rang me twice while I was on the phone <laughs> to Lee Matthews discussing yeah. the David McKay case. Mm-hmm. I was on the phone for him for half an hour, just talking about his position and what he has seen over his 70-odd years on the planet from when he started playing in the late 60s, junior football, early 60s. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so every Tuesday, every every Tuesday you wake up after after the the Monday shows, the Monday fall after the weekend, we had the game yesterday, of course, which is uh, Nathan Buckley's last game. So, waking up today, and there's only one big issue, I think, in footy at the moment, and that's the David McKay um, tribunal case on Thursday, whether it is changing the fabric of the game or not. So, that's, uh, that's dop- excuse me, dominating my thoughts today. I've got a podcast at 12 o'clock with Mick Warner, mm-hmm. excuse me, which we do every... Tuesday, Tuesday's a bit of a lull day because it's um, the weekend's done and dusted. Monday's a massive review. Everyone wakes up on Tuesday and we go, right, let's just take a little bit of a breather. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of breath taken this week. Mm. And what time do you do roll into AFL 360? Well, generally, well, outside COVID, which is what the previous 18 months, I'd, uh, I'd be in the I live here at home at Tank in the office at the Health Sun, work there all day and go straight from the office mm-hmm. for about, I don't know, 10 to 7, 
can get to Fox Footy Studios about seven. Um, now I'm working at home. I'll probably leave here about six, get to about quarter to seven. Um, interestingly, we don't, um, me and Jerry don't really talk before the show. We never tell each other what we're thinking, or very rarely. I always believe that we're going to go live TV, that his opinion and mine opinions are going to be the, the first time we hear of them. Um, and each other's company will be will be on the um, we'll be at the desk. Um, you know, I know we just think that the, the shows keeps the shows sort of real and live, and there's nothing um, nothing set up with us. Um, we've got to organise our um, our guests, etc., and we've got a certain amount of topics to get through in the first 22 minutes of the show before we go to our first ad break. So basically myself and Jerry just talk nonstop for the first 22 minutes and we think it will hurt the show if I know what he's going to say and he knows what I'm going to say. So, yeah, I generally just talk to the guests Tuesday. What's tonight? McClure. So I'll get there. McClure will be there. So I'll talk to the fellas for, I don't know, 20 minutes about shit and crap and whatever and footy and and um, then we get the makeup on and get dressed and, and away we go. But... Um, yeah, that's uh, that's the Tuesday setup when I get the fuck footy. Mm. Yeah, you mentioned that you you don't talk to Jared much about what you're going to speak about, but do you do you have a relationship outside of the show much, or is it is it just purely a professional one with with Jared? No, that's purely professional. That's, we don't see each other. We live different lives. Jared's you know married with three kids and lives in the uh, eastern suburbs. Or, Live by myself with a couple of couple of dogs in the hills of Warrandyte. Um, you know, growing up, I was a played footy and coached, and you know, I was a pub guy and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And that's not Jared's go, but we uh, we're, we're pretty good friends. You don't just have to be uh, socialise with with people to be friends with them. I'm pretty good friends with Jared. We respect each other. Pretty, pretty highly. We wouldn't be able to do the show for ten, eleven years that we've we've done it now if we both didn't have that opinion. So, yeah, but on on air, I think we've got a pretty good um, a pretty good relationship. We've only had about five arguments in eleven years. That's pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, because uh, you know he, he can annoy people, as everyone knows. I'm only joking. Hey, Robbie, is it true that? Um well, you were put together 10 years ago now, I think it is, but th- there was a suggestion maybe it was going to be you, Damien Barrett, and um, Jared all in the one show. Was that ever possible? Oh, no, I think that was discussed. A guy called Rod Law mm. was running Fox Sports, Fox Footy at the time, wanted a, a nightly TV show. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there's some ideas floating, floating around and, his first, I think, one of his ideas, yeah, was to put Jared in the middle and myself and Barrett either side. But um, I only found out about that. I don't know after after it was launched, or I can't remember when. A year or two years or three years, I I, I wouldn't like I can't remember. It was that long ago. Would it have worked? No, not the way myself and Barrett's relationship has panned out over the years. Mm. It probably wouldn't have worked. Um, but to be honest, geez, I haven't given that thought for years, mate. Years and years. Yeah. Um, years. 
doesn't come into my thought pattern. It's sort of just been me and Jared yeah. all the way through, and Tim Hodges, the producer, and you know, Tony Dallow, the, the producer on Fox uh, on our show. But um, yeah, we've only got a pretty small crew at 360, but it's been pretty constant. We'll be back after a quick break. Life could have been a bit different for you though, Robbo, couldn't it? Because, you know, back in, uh, I think you're a teenager still, uh, you see an advert in the Bendigo Advertiser, you're about to go to uni and become an accountant and then you see the ad as a copy person, you apply and the rest is history. Well, yeah, I was pretty lucky. Thank God I got into the college in Bendigo for an accountant. My God. remember ringing them up. After I got the job, and I don't know who I spoke to, I said, my name's Mate Robbins, I'm booked in for accounting, I'm, I'm not coming, I'm out. And that was it. Um, an advert appeared in the Bending Advertiser for a copy person. Now, a lot of old-time newspaper people will know what the copy person role was. People today, your vintage, wouldn't have a clue. Basically, it was just the office run around. It was like the year, it was like prep before you go into, into, into kindergarten. Kindergarten in journalism is um, cadetship. So did he, you know, you in the office, just being in a newspaper office. There was no computers back then. It was, it was, it was fun. It really was. And then I got the cadetship. And, um, yeah, worked at Benningo Advertiser from 95 to 85 to 90 and then nicked off overseas for a couple of, couple of years. Ended up working at the Yorkshire Post in Leeds. And then I came back to Australia August 92 and got a job at the Herald Sun in August 92 and been there ever since, which is, what, 29 years now, which is a long time. A very long time. A lot of footy, a lot of kicks, marks and handballs in that time. That's right. In the 90s, when you worked there, I think you said that Mike Sheen um, was a big mentor for you and you worked closely alongside him and you saw what he went through as the chief football writer of the Herald Sun before you were given the position in, in 2012. Was there? I think it's been spoken about a time he was hassled at a pub. You went and stood up for him. Um, you said you couldn't believe the abuse he was copying and I guess similar things have happened to you since. Uh, do people literally come up to you and you know look for a fight just because of an opinion you've, you've held in the paper? Oh, that hasn't happened. How long has that happened? How many times has that happened? I remember the I remember the day with Mick. We're at a pub in, in East Melbourne, I remember we were. And um yeah, and then this young Yahoo's calling him S and C's and I thought, who in the hell are these folks? I didn't go up to fight them, I just went up to say, pull your heads in or whatever. And um yeah, that was really, not even before social media, but um, 
the abuse, the abuse on social media, it's, it's got to the point where it, um, my Twitter, my Twitter sort of broke down last year, logged off and I couldn't remember how to log on and it was November and to be honest, I didn't, log, I haven't logged back on. So I've gone off Twitter and um, life's much happier, much, much happier. Because you wake up every day and people comment on your stories or you know, opinions posted or mainly stories and um, it was just abuse. Not all the time, not all the time, but pretty constant. You think, God almighty. But now I don't read that or hear that. But, um, is it a mental health space? I don't know. Um, it's just something that um, you're happy to live without. Like, Footy's footy's full on, and and our work is full on, and you got opinions, you got feature writing, you got news, and it's such a passionate sport that people just think they can say whatever whatever they like, because they reckon you say whatever you like. And um, I always thought that was a bit weird. I've got an opinion on a footy game; that means they can have an opinion whether I'm an asshole or not. Um. But anyway, you know, off off that abuse comes with the territory. I think with everyone in life now, who's got social media, and um, when you're covering football and you're working with Fox and working at the Health Channel, working at AW, which I do, um, seems to welcome a lot of um, feedback, and I'm, I'm happy not to get that sort of Twitter feedback. And I don't know if I'll ever go back to Twitter, mm. to be honest. How do you deal with feedback off off Twitter? Does it affect you when, when people criticise? Well, you, you go through well, you go through periods. Yeah. You, go through, you go through periods when it doesn't affect you, and then you go through periods when you think, God, it's like anyone in life. You know, it's pretty hard to keep it level all the time. And then when it broke down, I was, I've been okay with Twitter. I just block people. I think I blocked about 6,000 people. On Twitter, and um, now, but now I'm not on it. I just don't really think about it. To be honest, it's, it's interesting. You should try it, yeah. Jimmy. Yeah, go off Twitter. Go off Twitter for a week. Yeah, or two weeks. I might try it. I might. I, I reckon I was addicted to Twitter. Mm. Well, it's hard not to be, isn't it? It gets addictive, consuming. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm not on Twitter. It was like breaking an addiction. Yeah. And then I was thinking, am I, am I missing? What am I missing? What am I missing? Am I, I'm missing the um, uh, other journos breaking news mm. um, uh, and that, that that sort of hype around when a big story's broken by, by me or by someone in the Herald Sun or anyone in football and all the hype around it. But other than that, there's not much to miss, mate. Mm. There's not much to miss. That's right. And I think. Would you, you be able to break your addiction in two weeks? Would I? I reckon I could give it a shot. I could give it a shot, Robbo, but I'm going to have to share this podcast on Twitter first and then I might give it a break. What do you think? You're going to share this on Twitter? I might share this podcast on Twitter. What do you reckon? All right, then read the comments. Yeah. I'll say, Jimmy, why don't you interview, why don't you interview on this vlog of this guy's <laughs> asshole all that sort of stuff. I doubt that. But I'm not the only one. I mean, every 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 football writer with a profile who writes news or offers opinion on footy 
They get abused. Yeah. Every single one. It's like an accepted part of society, mm. accepted part of life. Now, people say, oh, you got to wear it. You're a journo. You know, you're the scum of the earth. You're this, you're that. Maximum folk, no, no, we're not. Mm. Journos aren't. Journos are, are, are really important people in, in, in what is AFL football. Yeah. And um, when you actually give away all that abuse in your life, you, you, you're, you're very much, um, you're more content. Mm. You're more content in what, in, 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 in what you're writing and about what you're writing and what you offer. So, Jim, get off it. I might do that. But you young bucks and yeah. young girls, you, you wouldn't be able to live without your social media. It would be hard. I think I could do Twitter. Uh, Facebook and Instagram might be a little bit hard. And I think Facebook... So I'm on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I remain on Facebook. Mm. I don't often on it, but I'm on it. But, um, yeah, there's less... Um, it's less of a sewer. Yeah. Facebook, isn't it? Well, I think you can be more anonymous on Twitter as well. So that opens up a can of worms because a lot of people wouldn't say... Um, what they're saying, if they could be, um, you, you could see who that person exactly is. And, you know, a lot of the time that leaves it open for, for stupid remarks and trolling and that sort of thing. But I don't think Twitter represents what society is actually thinking all the time because not everybody is on Twitter. There's a lot of footy people who have different opinions that don't share it on Twitter. And usually outrage is the thing that trends a lot on social media. So it's it's a it's a tough world when you when you're writing opinions, Robbo, which is why I uh, I look up to you a lot to be able to, to to cope with that that sort of stuff. But have you did you always care what people thought of your writing or what you? Said? Oh, I don't. I think of course you do. Mm. Of course you do at times, and and and, and you still and you still. If anyone was going to say oh, I don't care what anyone thinks, I, I don't think that's right. And actually, I'm positive that's not right. You know, you write, when you write a piece, you know, you could be way off the mark and constructive feedback is good. It's good. It's good for you. Um, so you always care about what you like. What you, what you do is you disseminate what, what um, how significant or how important is the feedback. Um, Joe Vlogs1764 at bigpond.com on Twitter. At Twitter, sorry. Um, that's an email address, but you know, at Twitter, yeah. it, it, it really, who are they? So you actually start disseminating, well, they're not important. That's not important feedback. That's not important feedback. For example, if Lee Matthews rang me after I wrote a story today and he rang me and rang me, he goes, can I just talk to you about that story? I, I don't know if that's right. Mm. That's important feedback. Yeah. You know, parents, players contact me. Important feedback. Um, abusive, no-name knucklehead. No worries. Not important feedback. Do you have a mentor or someone you, you speak to to get feedback from? No, no, no. Not, I don't have mentors per se. Do you have mentors? You know, what you do is you have friends and you have really strong work colleagues. Mm. Okay, and that's that's not just for me; that's for everyone in life. 
Do we have mentors? Does everyone have a mentor? You know, the older you get, you might take young people under your wing to give them advice, and they'll probably say, you know, that's a mental role. But generally, I think that your mentors are your are your friends and your and your work colleagues who you know constructive, supportive, um, offer ideas, are creative with you, um, and, and often it's a at the end your name might be on something, but you know often you you've bounced ideas off you know key people in your in your work life. So I don't know if the words mentors, but sometimes there's um, there's good guidance around you, mm. and I think we all need, no matter the age, um, need pretty good guidance around you. The the role you have as the chief football writer of the Herald Sun is is a very significant role because you set the agenda. Everyone reads what you write. Uh, is that what motivates you? The kind of significance of the role, or what gets you through and motivates you? You know, I very rarely think about the significance of the role. Very rarely. But when there's big issues, I think it's important for the Chief Football Writer and the Herald Sun to take a strong position on what, you know, the topic of the day is. The topic of the day right now is going to be David McCain. The Herald Sun going to take a strong position as we are. We're organising that this morning. So you don't forget or do you forget? I don't, I, I don't know that. I don't wake up every day and say, I'm the chief football writer of the Herald Sun. I must do this. But there is days when I wake up and saying, right, I am the chief football writer. What am I and what are we at the Herald Sun going to do about this issue? Um, it's a really big issue. And, you know, we've got hundreds of thousands of people who follow fully and, and read, read the paper. And watch Fox Footy, which is part of News Corp now. Um, but being being good providers of content, and that be news or or opinion or or, or something like that. Um, it, it's funny. I mean, say I would just mention the word mentors. I sort of mic about this many many years ago. I can't remember when. You, you, you've got an obligation. You've got an obligation to your newspaper, right? But in, in the role of chief football writer and people of the age who have had this position might think they're the same as us, I don't know. But you've also got an obligation to the game, okay? Now, the obligation of the newspaper can sometimes be slightly different to the obligation to the game. But, but when they both combine, it's, it's really strong content. And I'll explain it this way. I mean, newspapers want stories. We've got to fill a paper every day. We wake up every day. We've got a blank newspaper. We've got to fill it every day. And it's got to be filled by 7 o'clock that night, day after day after day after day um, on football. <clears throat> so we need content. But while we supply content, we've also got to supply, which and the content could be from uh, trades, Contracts, which really, really gathers a lot of a um, um, lot of interest from from the punter, who your club might pick up, who they might recruit, who's a free agent, who are we going after. People are quite tantalised about 
how they can improve their team and who they might lose. And as soon as they're going to lose someone, they say, right, who are we going to get back? So that's a really, really big part of it. And sometimes there's issues on on violence in the game, on stamping it out, which might go against um, a large majority of, of players or, or concussion. People go, oh, it's a tough sport. No, no, no. I, I, I think um, some senior roles in football, we, we, we've got to... We've got to have an obligation to the game to make sure, to try and ensure um, the game's in good hands. I mean, it's questioning the AFL and what they do, questioning clubs, what they do. Because um, we all like the game. Everyone likes the game. Every single person. And um, we all get something out of the game, be it supporter, working up the AFL club land. And the AFL likes to say, you know, they're only the custodians. and I'm only the custodian of the position at the paper. You know, someone will take over my job like I took over from me. But we've got to try and, and ensure that, I don't know the right word is here, but we've got to, we've got to, we've got to keep pushing the goodness of the game. That, that's what we do because the game survives and everyone else moves on. So we're all of us have got a role in in trying to push the goodness of the game. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, it does. And, and you speak about that obligation to the game and a responsibility as well. So there's a responsibility sometimes, um, you know, to write things maybe you don't always want to. Has there ever been a story you've had to write that's maybe harmed a friendship or a relationship with someone? Yeah, maybe? countless. 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 Yeah. Countless. Yeah. Did do you ever regret them, or is that the obligation and the responsibility? Yeah. No. Sometimes you regret them. Yeah. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you think, well, I had no alternative, because mm-hmm. um, that's your that's your job. That's what you're employed to do. So, so yeah, sometimes in footy you can you can you make a lot of good friends in footy, and you can lose a lot of good friends. Um. As often they said, you know, it's a contact sport on the field, and sometimes it often it's a contact sport off it. Mm. But um, yeah, that's that's a downside, but that's life. Mm. Robbo, you you asked Nick Cox last week. You said to him, "What's the best thing about being a footy player? What is the best thing about having your role, Robbo?" What's the best thing about having my role? And I'll answer as, as generally as, as cliche as <clears throat> the best thing. The best thing overall is working in this game. And everyone working in this game would say the same thing. Because um, it's fun. The best thing about this game is that it's fun. And it's not time, there's times where it's not fun. Okay, it's a funny thing, footy. We play every weekend, and during the week spent uh, writing about other issues in footy and people in footy. And then the weekends can't we write about the performances on, uh, on on the field. It's like the week split up into into two categories. Let's write about a performance, and then we write about everything else for the other four days. Um. I've always wondered why if the AFL had their choice if they could play games like last year. Last year during COVID lockdown, we had games on you know, nearly every night, every second night. Yeah. 
Now, there's not a lot of major issues getting written about because everyone's writing about the um, actual performances. You know, that, that this is footy. It's just all encompassing. I don't know if I've answered your question. The best thing about... The best thing is you wake up every day and you think, right, what is going to happen today? Yeah. Then adrenaline rush? Well, we get an adrenaline rush every day. You got a, we've got an, uh, we've got a, um, we've got a deadline every day yeah. in newspapers. Every day, I've been, I've been typing away four minutes to deadline, and you know, your heart's racing. You think, God, how's it reading? And uh, right. you send it to the editors and stuff. Um, they will, yeah, yeah, you do get heart rate. Try, try deadline running after a, a one-point game mm. between Geelong and Hawthorne at the MCG on a Friday night. The game finishes at 20 past 10. You've got to file by 11, and you've got to capture the moment, what it means, or the moments in the game, what it means, uh, all in the space of 30 paragraphs and get it on time. Pressure, maybe. This is what it is. Mm. You jump in the car and you're leaving the MCG, all the fans are left, and you jump in the car and you think, God, I left that out, I left that out. You're listening to the talkback radio, driving home, and people are ringing up, yeah, no, I got that, got covered, got that covered, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, largely it's fun, Jim. Yeah. Largely it's fun. That's the best part about it. I love that. Robbo, I end off with, with every guest, the quick 30-second, uh, 10 quick questions to end off with, and you say the first thing that comes to your head. But I had a one quick question. If I know you're running on a schedule, you talk about deadlines. I wanted to ask you quickly about what the, the actual footy media environment is like. Is it, is it collegiate? Do you mix and get along? Or is there a lot of personality clashes? Because that really interested me behind the scenes, what it's really like. Oh, a bit of both. It's collegiate. I think it was it used to be more collegiate than what it is now. Yeah. Um, so when I first started, mate, there was three radio stations covering football and two newspapers, Inside Footy magazine, and that was about it. You know, everyone, the print people were pretty close or close enough. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's just sort of spread everywhere. So many people, I think it's not as close as it was. Maybe the personalities involved haven't have made it like that. We try and lay down our guns sometimes, but even the media snipe at media. Um, no, actually not as close as it close as it was. No. No, no, no. All right, the fun stuff, Robbo. Ten quick questions, mate. First thing that comes to your head, all right? Yep. Your favourite food. Favourite food. Um bag bulk. <laughs> Bag bulk, classic. Favourite beer? Corona. Corona. Favourite person to interview? Kevin Cheating. What's the latest you've ever been to arrive for AFL 360? 728. <laughs> Two minutes to spare. Uh, your favourite song? Hurricane Bob Dylan. I still like Bob Dylan. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Uh, small Greek island. Would you rather be stranded on a desert island with Eddie Maguire or Jeff Kennett? I thought you supposed to, this is supposed to be fun, Jim. <laughs> uh, well, they're both got their posies. I don't know. I think they're single. I don't think single. I mean, Jeff could have some nice. 
single malt whiskies together. Yeah. Um, That'd be all right. I would, no, I'd probably say Jeff. Jeff, nice. Your favourite player of all time? <sighs> My favourite player of all time. So now you're asking me a question about where I was at that time of my life. Mm-hmm. Growing up as a young fella, I backpressed it, okay? So growing up as a young fella and listening to the radio and watching TV, uh, Tim Watson was my favourite player. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, then got, into Mal- got to Melbourne and covering footy and Gary Abbott Sr. was my favourite player. And then I'd go to James Heard for eight years riding in the Herald Sun. So I knew James as a friend. And then Heard, you know, Heard was playing for Essendon. And so he was probably my, my favourite player. Um, but what you do in my job, you're really lucky to meet a lot of players. Mm. Like I, I remember being absolutely decided by the brilliance of Anthony Kudafiti for about 20 games through 99, 2000, thinking, wow. And he's a wonderful person, Kuda. And then I look back at life now and I think, oh, Andrew McLean, Michael Long. Michael Long is one of my favourite players. Actually, Michael Long is my favourite player. Michael Long. Michael Long. And it's not just because of a player. Who he, what he did to me as a person and... Um, yeah, Michael Long. Love that. Yep. Uh, last two. What makes you angry, Robbo? Uh, not a lot these days. I'll be honest. Not a lot. I try not to get angry. That's good. That's the Twitter, isn't it? You're off Twitter and life's changed. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't get angry a lot That's these days. But what makes me angry? Get a lot of traffic. Yeah, and I was going to say, do I wave back to you or acknowledge that you've done a good deed for him on the road? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't give you the wave. The wave. Yeah, so that's how I'm all right then, aren't I? That, that's what makes me really angry. Yeah, not much. That's not good, much. Robert. That's good because I remember when I interviewed you all that, uh, whatever, six, seven years ago, and you used to say you wake up every morning scroll through Twitter and it pissed you off. So it's good. Get off Twitter. That's the message. Um, last one. It absolutely is the message, mate. Yeah. Absolutely. Last one, mate. Newspapers, radio or television, if you could choose to do only one of them for the rest of your career, what would it be? Newspapers. Newspapers. Yep. Where it all started. Well, yeah. It's where your heart is, I reckon. It's where your heart is. Don't wrong, radio on TV, they're fun. Mm. They are, they're fun. And that, that immediacy of, you know, dealing with an issue or dealing with people um, is, um, you know, that, that's, that gets the heart rolling as well. But you know, we do a lot of interviews in newspapers that don't get filmed. Mm. You know, which if they were filmed, uh, that would be just... Stunning to look at. I, I remember, I remember going to Nick Revolt's house to do the first interview after 
Maddie's death. Mm. We're sitting in his kitchen. And it was just me and him and his, and his wife and his, his mum and dad, I think, they were upstairs and they just left us in the in the um, kitchen there. And, and I knew really, I knew really pretty well. And, man, he started crying and then I'm crying and he's crying and then we'd stop and laugh. And, and then I'm you know, asking questions and he would cry and I'd be looking at him and he'd look up and he had tears coming down and I'd cry. And, and I think, God, i And then it was all over. You walk out of the house and you say goodbye to the family. Well, man, what was that like? Then what was that? Mm. And then you've got this incredible responsibility to be able to write it in a way that reflected exactly what the interview was and and what the what what Maddie was and what the content was about. Mm. There's different kinds of pressure there, but um, uh, how are we on that? Interviews, interviews, TV. Uh, uh, Anyway, um, right it's Tuesday, whatever it is. Yeah, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate your time, Robbo. Uh, that was a lot of fun, mate. Uh, you're an absolute champion. I'll watch you tonight on AFL 360, and I'll continue reading all your stuff. Thank you so much. Good stuff, Jimmy. How, how was that? That was that was pretty real, wasn't it? That was perfect, mate. That was awesome. That was awesome. I didn't think you'd uh, give me that much. That was great. Well, if we're going to do it, we'll if you're going to do anything, mate, do it properly. You're going to do it properly. If people are going to listen, I'm not, you can't be flipping. Yeah. If people are going to listen, you listen. Yeah. Have a chat. No, that was brilliant. Way to go. Thanks, Robbo. Take it easy. All right, Jim. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.